Chapter 14 To Escape a Nightmare Once Daniel's top shield is in front of the beetle's mandibles, the fire should break on it, falling behind Daniel. The rest will run down Daniel's bottom shield, out and away from his legs. With just one shield, this maneuver would require impossible precision, but having two gives Daniel some leeway on one side. As long as he focuses on keeping the fire off his back, the front should take care of itself. The approach is going to be tricky, though. There will be an in-between moment, after Daniel is in range of the fire beetle, but before he shoves his top shield right in its face. In this moment, Daniel's legs will be exposed, and they could get burned. I'll have to lean forward when I'm close, or maybe even jump. Thanks, Daniel. The space between him and the fire beetle is shrinking rapidly, and soon enough it's gone altogether. Daniel jumps. The one thing he didn't account for is the force of the burning cone. His body strains to stay upright under its weight, as if pressed by the stream of a fire hose. It makes no sense. There's no napalm, no substance that should be burning or exerting force. Fire and power are being called from nothing. Despite this, Daniel's attack, or his aggressive defense, goes according to plan. His jump is far from perfect, and upon landing he has to dance and high step to keep his legs from catching fire. But a second later, his bubble is in place, the flames arcing to either side of it. His assumption that the little beetles retreat through the flames meant their shells were fireproof was correct. His skin shrieks and sweats, but it doesn't burn. Good thing, too, because there's no way I could have backed out of this if the carapace had failed. The beetle bucks and lunges, trying to angle the fire around Daniel's shield. Daniel backsteps each time, prioritizing his footwork over the position of his arms. If I get a little burnt, Fine, but if I trip, I'm screwed, he thinks. Running out of room would also mean death. The beetle could easily circumvent a stationary Daniel's shields, or simply pin him until he's too exhausted to defend himself. Keeping up with the beetle's movements takes all of Daniel's focus, and he wonders if getting in its way actually encouraged it instead of slowing it down. It even begins to headbutt Daniel's shields, shoving him backward and spewing fire the whole time. Bash. Burn. Bash. Burn. With the next hit, Daniel tips and flails, balancing on one foot. Only a desperate kick saves him, and the leg he does it with is scorched in the process. His pants don't catch, though, thankfully. Too wet with blood? Daniel thinks, laughing to himself. He glances over his shoulder and doesn't see the backpack he left on the ground. It must still be too far away, which means that Daniel might, in fact, be hurting the beetle's progress, as frantic as the moment feels. Bash. Burn. Bash. Burn. It all plays out like a silent film, the roar of fire seeming to suppress all sound. Still no sign of Tim. Daniel almost trips. There's the backpack. He thinks. It's both a good sign and a bad sign that Tim hasn't come back yet. If it had just been a dead end and a locked door, Tim would have returned by now. So maybe he's figuring something out. But every moment that passes is another chance for the beetle to bowl Daniel over. The backpack passes under the beetle, flames rolling off of it. Not much tunnel left now. 
it suddenly occurs to Daniel that Tim might not be coming back. Any number of complications could hold him, physical or emotional. Maybe the exit was a one-way trip, a steep fall or maze. Or maybe Tim is standing at a dead end, too afraid to move. As he rounds the bend in the tunnel, Daniel decides to make a run for it. It should buy him a few seconds to check for exits and try the trap door. It won't be much, especially if the beetle charges at the sight of fleeing prey. But it's better than nothing. Daniel leaps yep. backward, and the moment he does, something flies over his head. Though he sees it for only an instant, he knows what it is. A makeshift weapon, an object born far from combat but ready to be tested in it. A missile launched into its first and in all likelihood last fight. Daniel and Tim's only hope. The pitchfork. It sticks, jolting the beetle's head with the impact. Flames go everywhere as the beetle thrashes, hitting walls and ceiling, leaving the ground exposed. Daniel has already thrown both shields aside by the time he hears Tim scream, Go! 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 He dives under the beetle, shuffling as fast as he can across hot stone, his whole world a blur of shadows and stomping legs, until he's on the other side, scooping up his rug and backpack, and Tim is there too, and together they are running, running, running toward the light in the distance, and then around a corner and toward a bright circle, a picturesque lawn and a blue sky framed within.